Welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast, a podcast designed for you with insights from fellow members as well as NFP and Partners Financial experts. Hi, welcome to the Partners Financial Podcast. I'm Kristen Williams, and today I am joined by Jeff Driscoll, the Vice President of Product, and Mark Schwartz, the Managing Director of NFP Life. Mark and Jeff are here to talk to us about the new IUL investment options inside VUL products, what that means for us, what it means for the industry, what it means for our more familiar IUL products. So, Mark and Jeff, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Thanks, Kristen. Um, let's jump right in. Um, Mark, we, you know, for many years, we've been able to invest in IUL options inside of the UL contract. What makes these new products different? How did we get here? And, you know, where should we go? What, what should we expect to see going forward? Yeah, so this has really been an evolution uh, that has grown out of the success of indexed annuities that offer these new uh, indexed options. And uh, those are called RILAs, registered indexed linked annuities. And that space has grown dramatically over the last four or five years to where now there's billions of dollars of annuity premium going in to these products that have these unique uh, index linked uh, options. And so the carriers that have had success there, you know, as as often happens, draw that over into the life insurance space. And, and so that's what's happened. They've pulled these new these new options inside of life insurance product. And they're different in the sense that unlike a traditional IUL indexed option, where they have the upside return capped and you have a zero floor, so zero is your hero kind of concept. These options actually have a broader range of, of results, meaning that you can have losses, you can, you can have a negative return, you can also have a higher cap. But as we'll get into more detail, Part of that loss is protected, but not all of it. And that's why they're registered as opposed to a fixed indexed uh, universal life product. Okay. So those buffers that Mark was talking about, Jeff, how do those work? So, yeah, great question. These are indexed options that offer a higher upside. So either a higher cap rate or a par rate uh, in exchange for the consumer accepting a downside risk. So, for example, with Prue's new product, the first 10% of the downside is protected. So when you have, a say, a negative 12% loss, the account would only have a 2% loss. So you're buffered against the first 10% of loss. And the Mark, the Prudential FlexGuard product, what are the index options and sort of buffering inside those, that product? Yeah, so they, they have, uh, if this is their first version of this FlexGuard product, and, and they offer a traditional IUL option, right? A, a point-to-point cap and floor. But the two new unique ones are, the first one is a, a buffered S&P point-to-point, where you have a, a high cap, 18%. And as as Jeff mentioned, the first 10% of the downside is protected or buffered against loss. So really anything from you know a negative 10 up to a positive 18 is the range for that option. And then a second buffered account, which is even a little, little different, a little more uh, unique, is they call it a buffer with a step, uh, S&P point to point. And in this one is if, if the return is anywhere positive from zero to eight, 
the client will get 8%. So you kind of think about that as a, as a step rate or a trigger. Anything positive between that range, you're going to get eight. But if it's higher than that, you'll get the higher times a par rate and, and their current par rate is, is 70%. So those are the two buffered options they have, but they also offer a fixed account and they also offer uh, nine traditional variable life sub accounts as well. That sounds like a lot of different options. Jeff, when our audience gets super excited about these buffered accounts and they call you and Eric up to ask for modeling help, how are you going to help them figure out which one to use over all the other options? So, yeah, it will take explaining, right? So, I mean, these um, the, you, you will have to learn how the accounts work um, and where they fit on the risk spectrum. So. But let's just take the two from Prudential, right? The, the two buffered accounts. The downside protection is the same. It's a 10% buffer on each of those two accounts. Uh, it's the upside credit and how it's calculated. That's what's different. And so let's take the account with the uh, 8%, uh, 18% cap rate. And if the index returns a positive return, the policy only gets a credit up to a max of 18%. So that's pretty straightforward, right? Uh, the step rate account, if that has a positive return between zero and eight, like Mark said, you get the eight. However, if the return is subject to, it, the return is subject to a participation rate of 70%. So think of it this way, you'd need a return of 11% or greater. That's sort of the, the break-even point. Uh, to benefit above the 8% step rate. So maybe to keep it simple, if a client expects a return between zero and eight, they'd be better off um, you know, in the step rate option because they're automatically going to get the eight. And if there's an uh, expectation that they'll have above that, then they may be better off with the 18% cap option. And another way to look at it is you would need a 26% return times the 70% participation rate to get 18. So if you don't think you're going to get that, you know, you may be better off with the step rate account. Okay. That was a helpful way of putting it. Thank you. Um, Mark, you talked to us about Prudential's FlexGuard product. Mm -hmm. Are there any other Rylas on the market now? And do you anticipate any other carriers will be getting into this space? So equitable is is was really the first to bring this um, call an investment option, you know, indexed options uh, into the market. They've had it for for, for a number of years, um, and they also have a big a big Ryla indexed uh, product out on the space. So I think the two of them really are the primary carriers today that have uh, come out with it. Pru is the new player on the block. There's a lot of promotion, a lot of interest going on with their product. Um, we have heard, both Jeff and I have heard from several carriers that they're exploring, you know, adding these kinds of more unique uh, indices options to their 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 VUL products or registered IUL products. So we do think it's there's going to be more over over time. Um, whether or not carriers, uh, you know, go down this path, I think they'll probably let the first few see. Uh, how the market reacts. And as you guys know, uh, everybody copycats pretty quickly. So if there's some success, I think we should expect to see more of these options being added. What do you think will happen to the market share? Market share for more traditional VUL that maybe doesn't have the RILA or even the IUL that we all know and love for so many years? 
Yeah, it's interesting. And we, we, you know, as you think about this, we keep segmenting the risk tolerance market tighter and tighter, right? In 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 our products, and, and it is an area where carriers can can compete and and offer something new. So um, when Jeff and I were talking about this, I mean, I think it kind of comes down to a risk tolerance kind of perspective, right? If if people were inclined to buy VUL, this is, uh, I think, a really nice addition because they're already willing to accept that downside risk. And now you can buffer some of that risk, right? And still capture a very high rate of return. That's more than I would say you technically often need in a life insurance product, right? To be successful. If you spin it to the IUL side, um, you do have the barrier there that it, you have to be registered to, to, to sell this. And so there's some producers who are not going to be interested in it. Um, but when you look at what's going on with the IUL market today and lower cap rates and lower illustrated rates and regulatory changes with AG49A and now AG49B, um, you know, the illustrations are tighter and harder to sort of look at those long-term values. So we do think there's there's a chance that these products do take some market share from both sides. And in particularly, Proust product is competitive and offers a long duration guarantee. And so it will be interesting because you can get a lifetime guarantee, a hundred guarantee, how that fits in the market, you know, and, and how, how the market reacts to it. It sounds like it might even be kind of a gateway into VUL for somebody who is interested in VUL, but wants a little bit more protection and, and sort of buffer. So that's why they call them that, right? <laughs> it might be a way to ease into VUL. Would you agree with that? I agree. I think it's a great way of thinking about it, right? You're uncomfortable maybe not fully comfortable with all the downside that you could have. And this, this does give you a really nice option to, to have some protected uh, return there. Mm -hmm. Jeff, one of the things I always love about talking to you about products and carriers is you, you're such a student of the industry and, and the carriers that you have great theories about why a carrier might be likely to make X move or introduce Y product. So have you any theories about these Rila accounts and why we're, we see them with a couple carriers and may see more of them going forward? So I think, um, all right, so to answer your question, my my theory is that- I knew you had a theory. <laughs> no, these specific carriers, um, you know, on the Rila side have seen great success, right? So the marketing story resonates greatly with consumers. So they're sort of counting on that similar success you know, on the VUL side or index VUL side. Um, and so I don't think it's more complicated than that. I don't think there's, you know, the man behind the curtain, right? I think I think this is where they've seen a marketing story play out well and consumers like it. So they want to bring it on to the, uh, the life side, or excuse me, the VUL side. And um, the other thing they can take advantage of the carriers that have come out with it and carriers that are thinking about it is if they have already had investment folks used to working with these options and hedging this way um, and then calculating, you know, the rates this way, they can take advantage of that. So, um, but I don't think it's going to be an overnight success and, okay. and because it. Um, it's different wholesalers usually the carriers have on the on the annuity side versus the life side. So it will still have sort of a learning curve. But I think the reason they've made the investment is, you know, the marketing story is a really good one. Okay, that's great. 
Um, Mark, as, as you know, life insurance is the answer to all the questions. And we were just talking about, like, maybe it's a gateway into VUL. Where do you see these products really singing? What type of client profile? If we do an I got a guy, what does that guy look like? Yeah, so, so looking at them currently, and particularly the Prue product, I think our, our marketplace is going to see it as a additional option for the guaranteed long-term duration guarantee sale. And we know that a lot of those sales have moved to the VUL chassis already. So, so the marketplace is comfortable with it. We see that in the success of Prue's VUL protector and Lincoln's product and, you know, Penn Mutual and, and, and Securian, et cetera. So, so I think you have a, a good base of people who are going to view this as this is another one I need to be pricing for with long duration guarantees. And from what we can see initially, uh, single premiums look look good, at least relative to Prudential's al- other alternatives. And I think we'll learn more about it. So I think death benefit options uh, or death ben- long-term uh, duration death benefit is one place. But the other place, and this will take longer, I think, and we don't do as much of this, is sort of the lurk sale, right? Where there's a bit of a growing VUL or return to VUL kind of coming, thrown back to the 90s uh, with the lurk sale. And when you think about it, this is a great this is like the better product for that in, in, in a sense, because you have all this optionality. And when you get out to, if someone keeps it all the way to retirement and they're taking out cash flow from this policy, now you have an option that protects your downside to some degree, but doesn't, but still gives you a market return, right? You know, seven, eight, 10, 12. I mean, you know, if the caps are still that high, you get a really nice return. So I think in that phase of when money's coming out of products, this, this could be a really nice product for that, but but I think it will take some time, right, for people to get comfortable with it and understand it um, in that regard. And they need to understand sort of how the buffers work in relation to more of a traditional IUL. Exactly, and and I think getting the thought of okay, does this product give me more management tools, right, for my client and the success of their life insurance as a retirement plan, right? And and I think as that message gets out there you might see people say, hey, this is a better option, product option for, a, a re- if I'm going to sell VUL inside of a LERP sale, this might be the better option. Okay. That's interesting. I think I I was going to guess you would say more in the accumulation space, but that long-term death benefit guarantee also is nice, even in the accumulation space, I would imagine. Yeah, I think it can be. And, and, and particularly, it's just, I think, easier to think about death benefit products first, probably, and it's a broader market for us. Um, but then then the alert may come in after. Okay. And and there may be a fair number of sales where, you know, clients want the best of both worlds, right? So they want the guarantee and they want the upside accumulation. Mm-hmm. So right. Cruise product is perfect for that. Yeah. Who doesn't want the best of both worlds, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, Jeff, what sort of last thing do you think our listeners need to know about these VEIUL RILA options? So, so these new uh, buffered accounts, they may be the right type of accounts during periods of high volatility and, um, and that you and your clients don't necessarily have to hope you've guessed which is the right account to, to be in. Um, you know, you can actually you know, split up your allocation, right? So that you can, um, 
you know, put your available premium into both buffered accounts. So no matter how the uh, return comes out, you're you're covered, and you're um, you know using diversification, right? Whether they say diversification is our best defense, mm-hmm. and uh, you can help maximize your returns during different economic cycles. So I think that's what they should focus on. Okay, that's a great thing to focus on. Mark, you get the last question of the pod. What about okay. you? <laughs> Bring us home. What um, thing do you think our listeners need to know about this new product option? Yeah, I, I think they should pay attention, right? I think producers uh, need to be looking at these, educating themselves. We're here to help with that because I don't think these are going to go away, right? I think we're going to see more of them and uh, the success that the carriers have had with the on the annuity side, <clears throat> they're going to leverage that, right? And in addition, when you think about where the sophistication has gone with all of these hedging strategies, it's hard to think that they're going to backpedal and go the other way, right? I think carriers are going to look at this as a place to be creative and offer something that's unique. So you're probably going to have even more creativity around these hedges and someone's going to think of a a better mousetrap around that. So I think getting yourself educated about them now, understanding generally how they work and then who's offering them and then decide if you you are comfortable right with these things uh, and you have enough information. And the only other last point I'd say is that we, we, we kind of say this all the time. I think it's important which carrier you sell with and they did, are they supporting it in the right way? And, you know, uh, I think we've seen carriers that have good enforced policy management tools. And as these products and these return types of structures get more sophisticated, it's good to partner with someone who has one of those. So Prudential's Life Insight, you know, if Pack Life chose to came out with something like this, they have a good system. You know, Lincoln's got one. So I think that's also important because these are complex and ultimately you want to be able to explain how the return worked for your client (laughs) and you might need some help with that. Yes, that is a great point. Well, thank you both so much for joining the podcast today. We are very spoiled to have access to experts like you guys. So thanks for taking the time and sitting down and explaining such a complex structure in a really understandable, approachable way. Thanks. Thanks, Kristen.